Good afternoon. It's Ryan here with the power of helping people. Um, you know, today uh, is episode 11 and I got a pretty special guest and I'm pretty uh, excited. But first and foremost, I want to tell you what power of helping people is, is to help one person every single day. That is my mission. And so, you know, with this podcast, I bring on guests and, you know, it tells tell their story a little bit and, and see if we can impact you guys. So, you know, I'm going to bring on uh, Roger here. Roger Chandler is actually a MSU. Uh, MSU wrestling coach, and I'm going to go a little bit into uh, his his little past. So he's got a 24-year experience. I say a little because it's huge. 24 years as a coach at MSU, and 19 of those years was an assistant coach. Uh, this is actually his fifth season with MSU. Um, he was actually uh, named head coach in June 30th uh, in 2015 by Mark Hollis, the athletic director at the time. And you know what? He's also a three-time All-American at Indiana. So he was a wrestler, a champ. So we're going to go dive into that stuff. But he actually wrestled, and he was the Athlete of the Year in 1996 and 1997. So a little little back a uh, little ways. So, But he also, what's really cool is, is he uh, he actually uh, wrestled in a championship match against Gary, or Kerry Collett. And uh, he actually took, he lost that match in 1997, but I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But first and foremost, I want to bring in Roger Chandler. What's going on, buddy? Hey, thanks, Ryan. Uh, hey, you know, I appreciate you coming here. It's just, uh, it's a cool thing because I've been a, a state fan and, uh, you know, a state, I call it state slappy for a long time. And, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I appreciate you actually coming on here. So how are you doing today? Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, it's been a great day. I've got uh, got to do some impact the kids uh, in my program and individual workouts this morning. And then uh, we, we actually had legendary coach Grady Pettinger, who actually built this program um, in here just about an hour ago. He hasn't been up here in a couple of years because of the pandemic. And uh, um, it was great to have him around here. He's uh, 93 years uh, young. So um, Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah it was you know, I, I was, I was actually telling you, I, I got my favorite shirt on and it was actually a gift from you guys. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool that, you know, it's, I get to actually wear some merchandise, but I actually got a, a blanket behind from you guys too. But I, I appreciate everything you guys do for me, you know, and, and uh, I want to dive into this because th this is a, this is a special time for me because I've been really excited about this. And last week I was under the weather. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, obviously rescheduling. Um, when I'm not 100%, I really don't want to go into this because I want to give my all. So, you know, as you know, you know, you want to give 100% every single time. So I wanted to make sure I brought you in here. But first and foremost, I want you to tell us a little bit about the, the coaching experience when you when you came in in 2015 and 2016, when they asked you to be that head coach. Tell me a little bit about that experience and what they told you and to get you on that right path. Well, I think the... Um... I was actually caught off guard. Um, Mark Hollis pulled me into his office and said, basically, he's like, hey, Coach Minkle's going to retire at the end of next year, and uh, we want you to be our next head coach. And um, I, w I always looked forward to that moment, but I, I didn't have expect it at that moment in time. And, uh, you know, you you're excited. Um, 
you're, you're looking forward, but you know, I was head coach and waiting for a year. And, um, so, you know, it's kind of a fine line, you know, you, you, you got a boss that you've looked up to for, for, you know, 19 years or, or, or more. And, uh, you got to work alongside him while he's still the head coach, but you're also looking to the future as, uh, yourself being the head coach and, you know, the imprint that you're going to put on the program. So, um, it, it was a, an exciting time. Um, I remember those first two years vivid, very vividly, and uh, I can I can say it was probably two of the toughest years um, of my life personally because um, you know somebody put it best. They're like you're kind of drinking water from a fire hydrant. Um, there's so much coming at you, and it doesn't matter how many years of experience you have. Um, you know, you think as an assistant coach you're ready to go, and but there there are so many roadblocks in the way and things that come up um, during that journey that uh, you, you never anticipate as an assistant coach. And I learned a lot. Um, you know, I'm very comfortable now in, in my role. And I think that's with anything that we do in life. You know, we, we start to get that, that experience and then we, we kind of start trending in the right direction. Absolutely. And I, and I know you've done a lot for this program. So when you, when you were asked to do that, did they, did they give you any advice or did they just say, Hey, go ahead and do whatever you want to do? Or did they, did they kind of give you some steps? Because, you know, as a coach, I mean, when you go into a full-time position, it's a lot of stuff going on. So it's almost like it's, it's your baby. It's like, what do I do now? Do I start here? Do I start there? How is that, you know, transitional period when you guys, you know, kind of, he handed off the, the, the golden torch to you and said, Hey, run with this because just, just in the last five years, you've done an amazing job. And it's just gone from, you know, pretty average to like, now you're up at the top, uh, you know, competing with the top elite wrestlers in the program. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, that's a, that's a very complex question to, to answer. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you said the, the, the name of this podcast is the power of people, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's truly what it is. Um, and, you know, one, one of our associate ADs at the time, they said, hey, I know you're a competitor. You want to win. But remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Do it the right way right out of the gates. And that was probably the best advice that was given to me. And, uh, you know, all coaches want to win. But are you, are you going to, you know, set up the structure to, to be good for the long term? And so, you know, I, I go back to the power of people. Um, you have to have the right people around you to set yourself up, your program up for success. And, and that's, that's really, really how I approach the recruiting, putting my staff together is just having the, the family core values that I really identify with as a person. Um, and, uh, you know, the, you know, just the mindsets that I wanted, wanted around me. And I really believe that's, uh, kind of what's trended within our program you know we we have recruits up here all the time and we just had a recruit up here last weekend they're like people say that your program's close and all programs said they're close but i didn't think it was like this when i have i have 37 guys uh student athletes in my program um there is nobody alienated and that's uh it's an amazing thing as a coach to see and uh you know it's something that's just kind of evolved and it starts back to bringing in the right people that really identify with your mindset. Yeah. So that, so that it leads right into that next question. It's like, 
Give me your perspective on your culture at Michigan State. Because, like, I've been a part of Michigan State, and I think I've been a season ticket holder for almost 20 years now. And and I enjoy being a ticket holder. I enjoy the camaraderie. I, I enjoy coming in the stadium. When I walk into that stadium uh, at football or basketball or even the wrestling within, I bring my boy, I get those goosebumps like I want to be there. And, like, because I can feel like everybody's just a part of it. You know, tell me a little bit about the perspective of your culture and how everything is when somebody, like you said, a recruit comes in. Tell me that whole thing of do people just grab on and latch or tell me a little bit about that. You know, um, I think um, my perspective on that is that, you know, you really realize when people are true to their core and you can identify that pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, are, are you given lip service or, or is it real? And, you know, I, I've always taken the approach is what you see is what you get. This is not, uh, this is not an act of any sort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's kind of how our athletic department is around here, at least amongst us coaches and, you know, our student athletes is it's very, it's very cross connected in so many ways. Like when I was in college, um, I loved my college experience where I went to school, but we didn't have this cross connection to really build amongst each other. And that's what's really going on here at Michigan State. Um, you know, when I say my, my student athletes, my wrestlers, um, when they, they, they legitimately hang out with the football players, the hockey players, the soccer, play, uh, the soccer team. I mean, even though they're different sports, the mindset still has to be the same to achieve great things. And, uh, and, there's a lot going on here within our athletic department from that standpoint. And, you know, I, I, I give credit to, you know, coach Mel Tucker, even coach D'Antonio before him, you know, they really opened their, their program and their, their doors to our program to train alongside them. And even coach Izzo, he's been a great mentor for me. And, uh, you know, just to be able to have that cross interaction from my student athletes to those coaches, to their student athletes, um, it, it, it just builds that, uh, that camaraderie amongst the programs. I mean, that, that culture is infectious. I mean, when you have positive people around positive people, you breed more positive people. So like I always say it best is, is like, you know, if you're hanging out with negative people, be so positive that negative person doesn't want to hang out with you. And that's kind of what, what I'm feeling at Michigan State. It's like every time I go up there, everybody's like, hey, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want to help this? Everybody's always wanting to help. And so, you know, I, I couldn't think of a better person to call on my podcast because it's the power of helping people. And I figured, you know, you help so many people each year get to that next level or you get, to, you know, you have that next, you know, like a, an athlete, a wrestler. He might not go to that next level, but he's learning everything he can to get better as a person. So you talked a little bit about your, your school that you played at. You were at, what, Indiana University, and you wrestled there? Yep. Tell, tell us a little bit about your, 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 your you know, your, your really just your goals that you did at Indiana's, uh, Indiana University and, and what you did to, to get to those goals because you were, a, you were an extremely great athlete. I mean, I think your record was well, – what did your record end up being, like 80, 80 wins or something like that, 80 and something? I think it was a little bit more than that. Um, you know, I don't know the exact record, but it was 120-something. I think I had 25 losses. But, uh, wow. you know, um, that was moons ago. You know, we all get old, and uh, I refuse to talk to, talk too much about my, my history and past because it's all about the kids now that I coach. And But I, I do know that my experiences can um, 
from my days of competing can can have an impact on my current student athletes. Just, you know, I, I've had that experience. But as far as my, you know, my journey, you know, I went to college and, you know, back then, this is before internet, before cell phones and all that stuff. I'm, I'm six and a half, seven hours away from home. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and I went down to Bloomington, Indiana. And, um, you know, I was homesick. I didn't know anybody there. I, I moved in with a, a roommate of mine who actually happened to be from uh, Clarkston, Michigan. Still one of my best friends to this day. Wow. And, um, but, uh, you know, it, it goes back to you, you, you trust and you believe around the people the people who are around you and, and you kind of, you, you, you do, you have, you go along these journeys alongside your friends and the people who are closest to you. But, you know, as far as my journey and my goals, you know, I, I, I had goals and I wanted to be a national champ. I knew that going, coming out of high school and it, it kind of came from the high school that I went to. It, it was, it was predetermined for you and kind of ingrained in you every day out of high school that you were going to go on get your college education and you were going to compete for a national championship. And uh, I went to an all boys private school, St. Edward high school in Cleveland, Ohio. And so coming out of high school, um, it was just, you know, it was part of my DNA. I didn't know any different. And uh, as you go along your journey, you, you realize that, um, you know, especially when you go to college, a lot of it is self-driven. Yeah. You have coaches around you. You, you have your teammates around you, but not everybody has the same goals. And you, I, I, I just told my team this a couple of weeks ago at our beginning of the year team meeting, you know, you have to set up a schedule for yourself on a day-to-day basis that is going to allow you to succeed. Okay. And if you don't know what that is, sit down with a coach and, and get their advice because me spelling out a schedule for you to be successful isn't going to necessarily determine that you're going to have major success. You have to do something that you believe in that is going to work for you. Yes, as coaches, we, we set up your, your practices, we set up your lift times, but there's so much more beyond that, whether it's imagery. You know, when I was in college, I used imagery a lot to really get myself to the next level to really compete for a national title. And, uh, you know, everybody thinks a little bit differently, but I think we can pull from each person something that uh, will really allow you to, you know, grasp onto something and make yourself just a little bit better. And the reason why I went back a little bit and asked you your goals is because I wanted to set the foundation of what you did as a, as a student athlete or an athlete at the time to bring to that as your coaching experience. Because a lot of people, they have that drive. They have that want to win. They have that want to be a teammate. They, you know. So I wanted to show our guest exactly where you were coming from because I know what a hard-nosed coach you are. And I know that you know, you're all about your kids. That's all you are is that's the, you do everything for your kids and I, and, and they give it all for you. And that's kind of what I do. And even in my company, if you give your employees, if you give everybody you, everything you got, they're going to give everything you got and you're going to go into battle together. So I wanted to discuss the milestones and, and get really back into the, the nitty gritty of your kids, the milestones during 2019 and 2020 season. Tell me a little bit about those milestones and, and the adversities that those guys went through and, and the tough losses that they had, but how good and how far they went in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, so in 2019-2020, that was my fourth year as a head coach here. And I had kind of pointed to year four and five, just like most coaches do, because you, you get to almost a full recruiting cycle of your kids coming through. And 
that was definitely a jump out mo- moment for you know me as a coach, our our staff, our, our kids. We we had been together for four full years, and you know we we went from having um, one national qualifier the year before to having six national qualifiers out of ten weight classes with one NCAA alternate, and uh, you know you could feel right at that moment coming out of the Big Ten championships that you knew that our program had arrived just from the energy of the alumni, the kids within the program, the parents, just our support structure. And, you know, it, it was probably, if not the hardest, it was one of the hardest moments I've had as a coach. Um, Cause we, we just came back from the big 10 championships. We gave them two days off and then they had the selection show to release the brackets on Wednesday. And then um, that Thursday, after the Big Ten Championships is when everything shut down from the pandemic. And I, I remember that day because we just came out of a brutal Big Ten Championships. We had some guys banged up. And so we had what we call a non-impact day of training. And so we, we actually put the guys in the swimming pool. But right before practice that day, I got a call from the administration. And they're like, hey, everything's going to get canceled, but we don't want you to say anything to your team yet. Huh. I was like, well, I'm getting ready to go to practice right now. Um, that's going to determine how I run this practice. (laughs) And uh, and they're like, just have your phone on you and start practice as if you normally would. And so I take them over to the the indoor swimming pool I get them in the pool. And I I kid you not, we're not even two minutes into them starting to, you know, get some cardio in from swimming. And uh, I had a whistle and blew them. I said, Hey, pull them off the, pull them onto the pool deck. And, you know, there was a lot of tears shed. um, And there were some kids that, they were seniors. They were done, you know, and, you know, I think about a kid named Logan Griffin. He was like a journeyman wrestler for me. He came in, um, you know, the year before I became head coach and I recruited him and he had never been to the NCAA tournament. That was his one opportunity and just got taken away in a heartbeat. But, you know, just like I told him, you know, and I told everybody within the program, you know what? I can't explain everything that happens in life, but I can, I can, I can really help you, uh, your vision in looking forward in life. And you know what? You should have no regrets. You know, you had the goal to get to the national tournament to represent your school, represent yourself, represent your family. However, you know what? This was out of your control. There's nothing you can do. And you you should feel great about yourself and and feel positive about everything that you've done for yourself, for your program and your family. And uh, so that was a really, really, really tough moment in time, the 2019-20 season. And, uh, but then, then obviously we, we, we came into last year and, and we, we stood up again, which was, <laughs> was really impressive to, and, you know, satisfying as a coach to see your kids continue to grow. Tell, tell us a couple of those key moments last year. And, and I know you, you've told me a couple of times, but tell me a couple of those key moments. I mean, you got, you got some pretty big studs on your team now. And, you know, I mean, and you were just telling me before about Peyton Omania. Just got uh, just got the Team USA. So tell me a little bit about that, but also t- tell me a little bit about last season because you've got a lot of stuff going. Yeah, so, you know, normally our season starts, our competitive season starts, you know, first week in November and goes all the way through the national championships, which is the third week of March. Well, last year, you know, you're starting to get your kids going in September, and uh, they're like, yeah, coach, we're not going to have a season. They're, they're kind of giving me that look, and, they're not working as hard as they normally would. And I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, we're going to have a season. And, you know, don't take this lightly. Well, anyways, we ended up starting our season in January. And um, 
it was not your traditional season in no sense. I mean, obviously conference only and, you know, typically our kids get anywhere from, I don't know, 22 to 30 matches throughout the year before postseason. And this year we're going into postseason with, I don't know, seven to eight matches. Um, so, uh, you know, there were some moments there throughout the, you know, the six, seven week uh, regular season of conference only. And, uh, but the, the, the key moment was the Big Ten championships is that for the first time as a coach, um, I saw our team wrestle above what the media and everybody else expected of them. And that's what you want to see as a coach to put the blinders on, go out and do what you know you can do and just block out all the noise because in today's world with all the social media and, you know, everything that they, they can just read on the spot, you, you don't know what's going into the, the minds of these, these kids. And, um, they, they stayed true to the course and, um, you know, we, we qualified eight guys outright, outright for the national tournament out of 10. And, uh, it's only the third time in program history that we've had eight or more, uh, NCAA qualifiers. Um, and, uh, you know, we, 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 we came out of the Big Ten Championships pretty riding pretty high. We had some pretty uh, um, high-ranked guys going to the NCAA tournament. But then there was a letdown. And, you know, me as a coach, I go, what could, I, could have I done better? Because we didn't perform up to what I think their standards were at the NCAA tournament. And was it the moment of success that happened two weeks prior um, that they felt like the sense of accomplishment and that was the end goal? And so uh, myself as a coach, you know, I go back to the drawing board and go, how do I keep them, you know, really zoned in on what the end goal is? And that's to to get to the national tournament and be an All-American national champion, be on that podium. So um, we've already started talking about that this year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel really confident in saying that, you know, our kids will adjust. I think it's human nature. If you open yourself up to it, you can adjust and and persevere through those moments. 100%. That leads me into my next question. It's like, you know, we as leaders and coaches, I mean, we, we, we have to educate ourselves to get to the next level for our guys. And we always constantly have to be, you know, leveling up and leveling up and leveling up. Otherwise we don't have enough to pour into our kids. So we were talking about that the other day. And I think I've, uh, you know, discussed it a couple of times with you, but you know, what do you do for your self-development for you personally so you can bring it all into the course so you can really just give everything and pour every, into everything as you can with your guys? What do you do to make it to that next level? You know, the biggest thing is you have to be a person, I believe for myself at least, this is what I believe, is that you have to learn something every day and open your mind to something every day. And whether that's, you know, you know, like yesterday, um, I brought in athletes in action, which has never come in and talked to our team before. Just, you know, I, I believe having, having the Lord in your life and is an important part, something bigger than ourselves. And open yourself up to that. Be, vul be vulnerable because wrestling is a sport of vulnerability. And so, 100%. you know, me as a coach, I'm always trying to educate myself, whether it's through positivity training. I'm a positive coach in general. I'm not a negative coach and I don't coach through negativity. Um, I'm, I'm a very much an optimist in, in many ways. And I try to point out the good things that people are doing and not the negative things. Um, Cause the negative things we, we or the things that, you know, technically that they're doing wrong, we can adjust that. But if you're positive, it makes it that much easier to adjust those things. But 
for me personally, I mean, we do mindset training as a, as a program. What does that mean? Mindset training. It's the most powerful muscle slash tool in the, in the human body. And, uh, and this, I brought this into my program probably three years ago. Where do we get an edge that nobody else is getting an edge or most people aren't doing? And it's training your mind. And it's set, setting up structures and systems within your, within your, your mind that you can follow and, and go through and know, hey, I, I've checked every box. I can feel good about where I'm at. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we do that as a coaching staff. Um, I know our, our, our wrestlers do it because we, 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 you know, once we get in the season every week, we're, we're doing one of these um, lessons to, you know, sharpen their, sharpen their mind. Now, now you, you develop that and you, and you, and you pour it out to your kids and it's, it's all about my mindset. You know I mean? It's, it's taking a win with class. It's taking a loss with class. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you learn from your losses and you, you really push hard. What could I do better? You ask them questions instead of being negative. So you're a very positive person, but obviously you probably have some mentor that, you know, that you just, that made you pivot to where you're at today. So who is that mentor? And, and can you share a little story about where, you know, where that person impacted your life? Yeah, I would say I have, I have three major mentors in my life, but probably the biggest impact moment of my life. And it was my sophomore year in high school. So I went to St. Edward high school, which is again, it's all, all boys private high school. And, um, I, St. Ed's was a dynasty. Okay. I mean, they, they were winning national titles all the time. And I, I went there for a coach named Howard Ferguson. He built the program back in 1978. He actually wrote the book at the edge. If you never heard of the book, the edge, um, you should pull it up and uh, buy it. I, I highly recommend it. I, I read it at least once a week. I pull out different quotes out of it. Um, it's unbelievable. But uh, anyways, going into my sophomore year, right in the beginning of my sophomore year of high school, um, Howard Ferguson passed away and uh, unexpectedly and he was a young guy i think he was 54 53 years old and that just crushed me I, I went to this this school to you know obviously get my education but to wrestle and compete for this guy and uh i lost a big part of my life at that moment in time well his right hand man coach greg urbis um who had been there from the onset when he started coaching there and built the program in 1978 he took over the program well, I'll never forget this. I, I was in my history class um, after uh, after he passed away, and I decided I set this up with my parents is that I was going to transfer out of this school, just go to my lo local high school where where I lived back in Ohio on the west side of Cleveland. And um, anyways, I was transferring out. I was going to go to a small little D three school in Ohio. It's called Brookside High School, and I had my transfer done. And I, I'm in I'm in my last class for the half day that I'm going to be there. And I think it was a Wednesday and um, a guy by the name of Don Murphy uh, comes in the office and says, Hey, uh, can we see Roger Chandler down at the office? I'm not thinking anything of it, but go down there. And coach Urbis is down there. He's now the new head coach at uh, St. Edward high school. He's also a math teacher. And he goes, Hey Roger, he goes, we're all hurting. He goes, we're no different than you. And uh, you know, you can't run from this. We have to face this head on. You know, there, there's a life cycle and there's a reason for everything. And he goes, you know what these are? And I knew exactly what they were. He had like three pieces of paper in his hand and they were my transfer papers. He rips them up. He goes, if you still feel this way in six weeks, he goes, I'll ask no more questions. And he goes, well, you know, you move on. Well, that was the defining moment 
of why I am where I am today. Because I know if I didn't finish my high school career at St. Ed's and he didn't coach me, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, even even going in at the end of my junior year in high school, I wasn't being recruited. And my plan was to go to the Navy. I was going to be a Navy SEAL. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I start getting recruited. I mean, by big schools, Iowa, Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Purdue, Ohio State. And uh, anyways... I'm like, whoa, I thought I was going to go to the Navy. And Coach Rivers sits, sits me down. And, you know, uh, I'm a guy that I'm very loyal. And I was, I met with the Navy recruiters, and I was like, no, no, I'm going to the Navy. He goes, no, you, you got to really look at this. So anyways, we go through the recruiting process, and I ended up going to Indiana just uh, over comfortability with the coach that was there at the time. And uh, you know what? I I owe a lot of my success in the Coach Rivers, um um, was a huge, huge impact um, on my life and still is involved in, in my life till this day. I talk to him probably once a month, if not more. And, uh, you know, he's always checking in on me. If I don't call him, he's calling me. And, you know, he, he is my cheerleader, even when I'm feeling down, which I will never show to my student athletes. Um, <laughs> he's the one who pulls me up. He knows me. That's awesome, man. I love that. I, you know, and, and and you always need that one person that can lift you up because it's just there is days that you're you're struggling and you you can reach out to that person and all of a sudden you're laughing and giggling and you can go right back to it. So so I I gotta ask this question: What do you do? What's the number one thing you do to make your kids get the to get the most out of your kids to make them excel? I mean, what is the what is the number one thing Roger Chandler does as a coach at MSU? I think the number one thing I do is I allow our kids to be themselves within the parameters of our program. Okay. And, uh, you know, cross, cross college wrestling. Okay. You know, different coaches recruit different ways and said, Hey, we have this system. You fit our model. Perfect. I'm, I'm quite the opposite. If I see a kid who is a very good wrestler, whether I identify with that style or not, I want that kid in my program because I tell him I am going to let you be you. Yeah, I'm going to let you be you. I think I can help refine you, become a better wrestler. And we, you know, we have 10 different styles of wrestling within our program. You know, um, you mentioned Peyton Omanya earlier. He's a world-class Greco-Roman athlete. We don't wrestle that style at, at, yeah. the, at the college level. And, um, you know, but he's a great also college wrestler as well. So most people or a lot, a lot of coaches would say, hey, you know what, we focus mainly on upper body style of wrestling and so forth, but not me. I'm like, you're just a good wrestler. You know what? You happen to be really good at Greco-Roman wrestling, but you're a good wrestler. We we can definitely compliment you as coaches here. And that's, uh, I think that's what's really unique about our program is we allow our guys to flourish within their own system and, uh, you know, their styles to become the best that they can be. That's amazing. And you know what? I mean, that, that really shows because obviously Peyton Omania is, is probably going to be that kid. He's a sophomore now. He's probably going to, he, he could be the one that wins that national championship for you. And if he gives it and you can, you can really, you know, push him to do it. But I'll tell you right now that that, that guy's probably going to be an MMA fighter someday and make millions because it's just, I don't know if Peyton will, he doesn't like to get hit in the face, but definitely <laughs> in our program that, uh, that, that will probably do it for sure. But, uh, I don't think Peyton's a guy. <laughs> so I, I got, I got a couple more things, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something that you did with somebody else. And it's pretty amazing. I want you to go into detail to how you guys developed the my way uh, for the Michigan wrestling that separated you to get you those recruits that you 
you know, you've been really doing well on, especially on the California side. You know, you've uh, you, you developed a couple of programs. Let's go into detail with those. Yeah. So this started like I came here in 1997 um, and a guy by the name of Dave Dean was an assistant coach here at Michigan State. And it was right after I lost in the NCAA finals. And, you know, back then you had answer machines and I, I had two other roommates and every day this guy, Dave Dean, would call and leave a message on my answer machine. Finally, my roommates go, you're going to call this guy back? <laughs> and, you know, I think two weeks went by and I finally called him back. And he's like, hey, he goes, my name's Dave Dean. I'm an assistant coach at Michigan State. Um, you know, would you consider coming up to Michigan State and going to grad school? And, he, uh, and, and do you plan to still uh, train and compete post-college to try to make a senior uh, world team? I was like, well, that's the plan. Uh, I do plan to try to train him and, and make a senior world team. And um, anyways, make a long story short, I ended up coming up to Michigan State. as a base, and I was in grad school, and I was the director of camps. And my, my sole responsibility at Michigan State within the wrestling program was to basically build up the camp systems and direct that. And we, we had very successful camps. But at the same time, I'm going to grad school and I'm also training and traveling and trying to make a senior world team. But uh, during that second year, um, one of the assistant, co the second assistant coach um, uh, decided to take another job and, and move on to another program. Anyways, it was a weird time. It was October, November. And, um, and you know, I, I didn't think twice, like, hey, I'm not going to coach. I, I actually didn't want to coach. This is even better. <laughs> <laughs> I had no interest in coaching because I was still kind of sour about not winning a national title. And, and they asked me to apply for the assistant coaching position. And I was like, really? I'm in grad school. They're like, yeah, we'll work with you, blah, blah, blah. And um, anyways, I did it. And um, I realized really quickly I got way more enjoyment out of helping those kids, those student athletes, accomplish their personal goals than I ever did out of me becoming an All-American national champ. And I knew at that point in time, right then, I was meant to coach, even though I didn't want to because I was sour sour with not accomplishing my ultimate goals. And, uh, and at that point, I told my wife, we weren't married yet, but um, my fiance, and uh, I said, I'm going to coach. And she's like, all right, we're all in. And uh, – so obviously I was here, you know, 19 years as an assistant coach, but, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, um, I, you know, I got really, really major satisfaction helping these kids accomplish their goals. But what was, go back to your original question. What was your original question? I got so, so, so I want you to go into detail of how you guys started up the my way, because okay. I mean, you guys, you guys really, I mean, you guys impacted. So I'm from Oxford, you know, I'm from Oxford. Oxford's yep. got a pretty good wrestling program. I think you've had a couple uh, individuals wrestle for you. I think Alex was one of them. And, yep. you know, I think, you know, uh, coach Paul McDevitt, I mean, I think uh, when, when he came into, uh, uh, obviously Oxford, he was my seventh grade uh, math teacher at the time. He was the first year, he was young, he's like, you know, he's ready to go. He, he's that guy, that handsome guy that comes in and he's just, you. he he acts the part, you know, he's going to be a great coach. I know he's going to be a great coach. And he takes over the wrestling program. And, you know, as a little kid, I wrestled in the, the program. And it was something that, 
you know, it was very little, very, you know, very, like, very hard program. It was like all over the place. But when my way started that you guys developed, it really helped all these coaches, you know, especially Oxford, you know, Paul McDevitt, he, he, he really saw the value in those camps and the, and then the way they did things and the competing at the lower level. So tell us a little bit about that lower level. Yeah. So this is how my way started. Okay. So when I came out as a, when they asked me to apply to be an assistant coach and I became an assistant coach, I shared an office with Dave Dean. I'm glad you circled me back around cause I did lose my, Oh, you're uh, good. You're good. There. But, um, so we were having trouble recruiting. Michigan was not a good state in general to recruit from. Yeah, maybe there's three or four really Division One kids that come out of the state of Michigan every year back then. And I came from Ohio, where there was 25 to 30 every year Division One athletes. And me and Dave were just kind of, um, you know, talking back and forth in the office. And I was like, Dave, I said, it doesn't make sense to me that in the state of Michigan, I was like, they're wrestling folk or freestyle and Greco-Roman at the youth levels, eighth grade and under. I was like, in Ohio, the system that I came out of, we were wrestling the style that they're wrestling in high school. I said, so the kids were developing a lot earlier. And uh, and so he's like, yeah, you're right. So Dave, he, he he's definitely the brainchild behind this. And, you know, we, we worked together hand in hand. We started the Michigan Youth Wrestling Association. And, uh, you know, that was in 99, 2000. And now, you know, that is the organization of the state. Well, during the meantime, other states started reaching out to us, and California being one of them. So me and Dave went out to California, met with, I don't know, 50, 60 of uh, the premier high school coaches in California. They asked us to come out and give them our business model. And uh, so that was probably back in 2002, 2003. And they basically took our business model and implemented it in California. And that's where my relationship started in California, and um, they, 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 they've built a very successful organization out there that's basically the same as what we got here in Michigan at the youth level. And uh, so, yeah, you see a lot of California kids on my team. It's through the relationships that I built with um, those coaches back in the day, and, you know, there's a lot of trust there amongst myself and, and them. Which is great because you're actually impacting more kids by going elsewhere instead of just going here or there. You're actually going to California, bringing those guys back here. Um, Michigan's program, how, how has Michigan's program stepped up since 2003? Has it has it developed that 20 uh, Division ones, or is it a little bit lower? Is it a little bit higher? What, what's the what's that mark at right now? Yeah, so on average, um, and actually Tony Greathouse, um, who was an alum of Michigan State, of, of our program, and uh, I helped him start the website Michigan Grappler on a on a um, on a road trip when he was a student athlete. He wanted to get into media and stuff, and yep. I knew how to build websites back then. And I remember we're taking a bus from Lansing, Michigan, to Minneapolis, Minnesota for a dual meet. And obviously, it's an eleven-hour trip or whatever, ten and a half, eleven-hour trip. And you know, we had laptops, and uh, he's like, "You know how to do this?" I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Oh." So he sets up an account on the on, on the bus, and by the time we got to Minneapolis, he had Michigan Grappler up and running, and we, we were all, he was all excited. And uh, but um, you know, he has the numbers right now, but it's on average between twenty-five and thirty uh, kids out of the state of Michigan go to a Division One program to wrestle now. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's actually re- really incredible. And on average, on an annual basis, all levels, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, and Junior College. I think it's up in the 120, 20 person mark every year. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know you're short for time, so I want to end this here, but I, I just truly want to 
thank you personally and, and individually for impacting so many kids. Uh, you know, you've got two and a half decades. I mean, that's you have impacted hundreds and hundreds of kids. So me being able to do this podcast, The Power of Helping People, I'm just trying to impact one person every day and you do it on a day-to-day basis. So that's why I wanted you to come on here, you know, and I appreciate you. And, you know, you've become a really good friend and, and you know, I, I anything you ever need, I'd love to help you out. And, you know, I just, I keep... I keep trying to say, you know, I, I just, I really love the program there and, and I'm trying to get more involved. So, you know, in the next couple of years, you'll, you'll be seeing me be a little more involved. So I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do, Ryan. You know, the main thing is uh, you, you, you bleed green and white, which is awesome. Uh, people always ask me, so are you Indiana? Are you a Michigan State fan? I'm like, I've spent more than half of my life here at Michigan State. This is, I, I, I'm a Sparty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So. And you know, you've been to my tailgate. So it's like one of those things. I mean, I my birthday's coming up at the end of the month. So maybe maybe you'll be able to stop by. But uh, we're having one for the 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 second. Uh, I think it's uh, no, it's uh, next, next, not this week, but next week, we're going to do a nice big tailgate. So if you want to stop by, but you know, I, I definitely would love to say hi to you. So, you know, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely connect. And I, I really, truly appreciate it. And then uh, we'll talk soon, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me on.